Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rouse Review. I'm your city manager, Dan Hoffman, and with me is communications director, Amy Simmons. Hello, Amy. Hello, champ. Champ. We are perky today. (laughs) Yes, but you know why? No, I don't. You're officially champion of the 2021 Uh, Chili Cook-Off. I won our staff Chili Cook-Off. Yes. Uh, It was anonymous. It wasn't like there was a little placard saying the city manager's chili or anything. It was an anonymous Mm -hmm. and fair... uh, Judged judged uh, contest that uh, I won fairly. Congratulations (laughs) to me, indeed. And Uh, it's almost like um, the city manager's office was taken over because Carrie got people's choice. She got people's choice. Uh, City manager's office, rather talented in the culinary uh, aspects. (laughs) Uh, Patrick's been working on some his Ted Lasso biscuits. Right. Um, and he dressed as Ted Lasso. He for dressed Halloween. as Ted Lasso. <laughs> he was an awesome costume. <laughs> Grew a legitimate mustache for it. Um, yeah, Carrie, Carrie, who didn't even intend to enter her chili, no. uh, gets people's choice and mm-hmm. was a very tasty chili as well. Uh, we have to figure out something for you to cook now. I can't cook. Oh, come on. No. You've got to do one thing. <laughs> one thing you're known for in the kitchen. Since you eat like three Drawing a blank. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll work on that. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. So Chili Cook-Off's fun. Uh, Halloween was fun. Uh, We have relaxed the mask requirement here at City Hall. So uh, if you are vaccinated and visiting, uh, you do not have to wear your mask here in City Hall. Uh, If you are not vaccinated, still got to wear it. City Hall Uh, and all all city buildings. all All city buildings. Yes. Thank you. Um, same goes for city staff. So city staff, if you see a city staff person uh, not wearing a mask, it means they have been vaccinated. Uh, and this applies to anybody you see out in the general course of their duties, whether mm-hmm. it's you know police, fire, or otherwise. Uh, if they are vaccinated, they do not need to wear a mask. Unless they just feel like they want to for yeah. safety. If, if, if there's some kind of strange person that enjoys wearing <laughs> a mask, have at it. Um, so. Council meeting. Council meeting. What's coming up? So tomorrow... Uh, let's see on our agenda. Uh, we've got a bunch of land use stuff. That's so always. I'm, I'm Seems gonna, like this every week. I'm going to go through a few things off the top of my head that are important. Um, we've got a few. We already talked about right of way vacations last time. Uh, we've got a couple of developments coming up. Hmm. Uh, so one of them is over off of um, it's Leg Boulevard. But for those of you not aware where that is, that is a parcel of land. I think it's behind the the Home Depot. It's way, it's over there back off the highway. Or is it behind the old Pier 1 behind Lowe's? Yeah. That little maybe, strip of maybe land Maybe it's there. behind Lowe's. Oh, it's behind the Lowe's. Yeah. That's right. Home, Lowe's, Home Depot. Mm-hmm. They're um, right there. So yeah, Lowe's, it's it's over there behind the Lowe's. Uh, so that's one of them. Uh, the other one is off of, this is one that's kind of hard to describe where it is. This one is, if you're going um, up Jefferson Street by the high school, and you kind of just keep going up the hill past the Innovation Center. It's going to be back in there. There's a, mm. uh, a cleared, undeveloped area back there. It's actually part of the Glen Burnie Foundation, okay. I believe. And there's another parcel that's been purchased and by the developer. Um, Is that going to be apartments? Adjacent to it. That's going to be uh, age-restricted uh, senior living. So single-family uh, single detached homes. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be age restricted, so you're going to get a lot of, um, you know, elderly couples, um, folks that are want that kind of environment. And according so, to the housing study, we need that. We need all of the above. So, yes. if you see something getting built, um, 
just keep in mind that we desperately need housing uh, throughout the city. We are 9.2 square miles and we cannot manufacture more land. You know, it's one thing I've been talking to Sean about. It's mainly the, the higher end stuff mm-hmm. that we need so it doesn't make all the rest higher cost. Exactly. It's not that trickle down. So right. we kind of needed it at all ends of the spectrum, particularly the the top end and the lower end. So yep. we need um, more. This might sound kind of weird. We need housing for folks that have money because those folks are, in essence, buying down and pushing a lot of folks out. So right. um, we need all of the above, okay. uh, including affordable, of course. Okay, so we've got uh, some housing uh, stuff on there. We are going to um, approve the, sk- the calendar for next year. Exciting. Very exciting. Uh, <laughs> next year, we're going to have two recesses. Mm, okay. Uh, not the Possibly. Re- Possibly, yeah. It's still got to get approved, of course. Right. But um, it's not the, uh, the kind of recess you had in elementary school. Darn. This is a recess. Uh, you can have recess any day. <laughs> you can add your lunch. You can go play uh, dodgeball out in the... Uh, <laughs> that sounds like me, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be fun, though. So we, uh, the council is proposing that they will take um, a period of time in July off. So we'll cancel. Mm-hmm. In essence, we're canceling one meeting. Right. Right. In July, and then we will cancel um, the meetings in December. Okay. So for next year, for those of you uh, avid city council fans that want to show up at every meeting, uh, just be aware to check the, check the calendar once it's approved for next year. Yep. Uh, and then we will have a work session uh, after after the regular meeting talking about North End revitalization. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll be covering a variety of topics, you know, the status of parks, renovating parks, new parks, uh, property developments. We'll talk uh, for briefly about Zero Pack, for example. Um, we'll talk about some other revitalization strategies for that portion of town and when, when I'm talking about North End I'm really talking about um, kind of everything up in that northeastern quadrant for the most part I know that there's different neighborhoods within there including one called North End um, but we are kind of talking about really the north side of the city mainly the northeast quadrant so kind of above national and um, basically most mainly most ward two right yeah for lack of a it's better just, way to put it okay. so um, okay, so that's the council meeting, um, and we've got uh, Chief Piper here waiting on us. We're going to talk uh, about mental health and a few other odds and ends, so uh, let's go and get him in here since his time is precious. All right, Chief, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. Last time you were here, uh, we talked about weed. Yes. <laughs> that was the main... Don't put it that way. <clears throat> Legislative changes. Legislative changes associated with marijuana. <laughs> Fine. Yes. But what we're here to talk about today are uh, some mental health stuff. Not nearly as fun as discussing marijuana nope. legislative reforms. Uh, instead, we're here to talk about uh, some of the issues and challenges we're having around uh, individuals in our community that are ex- having a, a mental health crisis uh, or some type of event, that folks that are in crisis, and what happens when uh, the police department has to get involved. Um, or if, you know, it could be that our fire and rescue folks get called to it. Uh, folks are acting in a way that indicates they're a danger to the, a danger to themselves or others. Sometimes they'll just come right out and say it that they're a danger to themselves. Uh, and I see in the shift summaries, you know, almost every shift, I'd say at mm-hmm. least every other shift, there's uh, a report of someone who has been taken into custody, uh, either on an emergency basis or 
temporary basis and then what? Cause they haven't really committed a crime at that point. Um, yeah. but, uh, chief explain the process. Let's start from the beginning. Explain the process. Someone calls 911. They see somebody out on the street acting, uh, irregular, uh, or there can, they seem like that person might hurt someone. You guys show up and it's one of these situations. What happens? Right. So unfortunately, about 20% of the calls for service and deal, so, uh, deal with somebody in mental crisis or, or going through a, a bad situation. And statutorily in Virginia, we can become involved in taking someone into custody against their will mm-hmm. on what's called an emergency custody order if they're presenting with behaviors or statements that they're an immediate threat to themselves or others. And that's mm-hmm. defined in state code. Oftentimes when we come out in a situation like you just described, people will go to the hospital on a voluntary basis and get the care that they need. But sometimes people are in such a bad state that they're resistant to getting that help. So more and more commonly, we're having to take people into custody to begin this process of getting them care that they need Mm -hmm. because they're not of the right mental capacity or they're in crisis to be able to make those decisions for themselves. So that's an ECO process, the emergency custody order. There's also a TDO. What's the difference between those two? So when someone's taken into custody on an ECO, they're brought to the Winchester Medical Center Emergency Department for an evaluation. So it's a twofold evaluation. They're getting medically cleared and the folks at the community service board, the CSB, the clinicians who are tasked with doing the triage or the evaluation of of the patient to determine their their care and their needs and and where they should end up, there's a process that happens that can take upwards of eight hours. So while the patient is getting medically cleared and while they're being evaluated for psychiatric care, they are looking for a bed space that may or may Mm -hmm. not be available. So in 2014, there were some legislative changes that Hopefully, we're trying to expedite this process and take law enforcement out of it to the extent Mm -hmm. possible. But what's happened is during this process of evaluation that can lead upwards of eight hours, there may come a time where the the clinician feels that the person needs additional care. And at that point, they'll petition the magistrate for what's called a TDO, which is a temporary detention order. Mm -hmm. If that's issued, then the law enforcement officer then has to execute that paperwork on a patient and then drive that patient to either a private hospital or to the state hospital, depending on where a bed is available. And that's become more and more of the issue recently. So we'll get into the state hospitals here in a second. What happens when a bed is not available then? Where do they go? So what is supposed to happen is by statute in Virginia after 2014 is a state hospital, Northwestern Hospital, Mm -hmm. is supposed to be what's called the bed of last resort. Mm. What was happening previously was uh, private hospitals decided they weren't going to take the person. Maybe they were too violent. They were uncooperative. Mm. Yeah. Frankly, they, they didn't like their insurance. There was a variety of different reasons, or they just may not have bed space available. Yeah. And we can't force a private provider no. to take someone. We have very little, if any, leverage there. Mm. So the law was changed in 2014 to make the state hospitals, and I believe there's eight of them across the Commonwealth, to be the bed of last resort so that we didn't end up in a situation where people weren't getting the care that they desperately needed. Recently, due to staffing shortages and and other issues going on with with uh, people in the st- working in the state hospitals, we were told we law enforcement were told across the Commonwealth that five of the eight hospitals, including the one in our region, were closing to new admissions. Even though hmm. the state code requires them to accept them, they said, "Hey, we don't have beds available. We don't have people available to staff them." So it's created this 
huge issue where the law enforcement officers mm-hmm. that frankly need to be out policing the community are now having to sit with people who are under a TDO. In the case of a juvenile, it could be 96 hours, so upwards of five days. Wow. For a an adult, it's 72 hours. And again, if there's no bed available, no bed is found, nothing is available in the state hospital that's supposed to be that bed of last resort, what happens, unfortunately, at the end of that TDO process mm-hmm. is that law enforcement loses its legal authority to have custody of that person, and they're released Wow! without any really critical care, especially for juveniles because no there's treatment. no capacity here. In, so, in so one of our officers would be sitting with a juvenile for four days in— Up to know, five days. Up to five days right. over at, let's say, Winchester Medical— uh, waiting hopefully for a bed to come available if it comes available so for four days what's what's that juvenile doing they're getting very little if any psychiatric care number one Um, sometimes depending on their actions their behavior and their needs they could be restrained Mm. Uh, they're they're getting of course medical care if they need it Mm -hmm. because they're in the emergency room but it is a process that is completely broken i'll give you an extreme example of course, I can't get into the, the name or any details of the juvenile because it is a kid. But we had a situation recently where a, a young man needed to be taken into custody. I believe he was 15 years old. He sat up at the emergency room at Winchester Medical Center with one of our officers, several of our officers, being paid and, and, and on overtime. And, and that's so a whole different part of this. So officers off the street yes. were paying overtime. Yep. Five days, no wow. beds available. Wow. Uh, the child gets released back to the environment from which we took him. Within the matter of a few hours, his behavior escalated again where he was uh, assaultive and being destructive, and the officers were were called back to that location. He was taken into custody again. Wow. We watched him for another five days. Again, no bed was available. He received no critical care that he needed. And at the end of that, he was released back to the custodian. Wow. That's an extreme example, but unfortunately, what we're seeing is, is an uptick in these. And just some numbers... Year to date, just here in Winchester, we've had 170 total ECOs, emergency custody orders. Wow. And that could be an officer generating it in the field in a situation we just described, or it could be that a clinician or a doctor petitioned the magistrate for a paper ECO, and we would go out and serve it. So that's about right. That's every other mm-hmm. shift. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's about 19 per month, according to my calculations, and about 31 of those um, uh, or, uh, were juveniles uh, in the ECOs. And, um, it's just, it's getting, it's getting worse and worse. Wow. Wow. So what's the, uh, what's the fix here? I, uh, this is clearly a, a big enough issue that the city can't just change the law. These are state laws. Uh, we don't, we don't have the, the resources to just stand up our own mental hospital. No. Uh, what do we, what's the fix? In my opinion, and, and I came from Fairfax County Police, this, this was an issue there. It's an issue across the Commonwealth. It's not an issue, to your point, that's unique to Winchester. It needs to be fixed in Richmond. Number one, we need to have additional funding so that the state hospital systems in particular can hire quality personnel, pay them appropriately so that they can work in those very demanding, challenging environments. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. You know, The irony in, in some of the criminal justice reform that was done over the last year and a year and a half was an attempt, rightly so, to get law enforcement out of things that are not law enforcement. This mm-hmm. is a civil process. 
But when all else fails, oftentimes law enforcement has to step up, and I think that's yeah. one of these situations. Unfortunately, the end result is our officers being taken off the street, not out here policing Winchester where they should be, yeah. and costing our taxpayers money by having to fund overtime in some situations. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, I think that's that's the first thing, is proper funding and staffing of our state hospitals so they can at least accept patients when the private hospitals can't. Mm-hmm. I'd love to find a way to get our, our private hospitals across the Commonwealth um, more obliged to take some of the patients and yeah. strip away some of those things. But again, I'm not sure how much leverage that we have to make that happen. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, our officers are take a lot of pride in being CIT crisis intervention team training. Yeah. The majority of our officers are, they're utilizing those skills, but they're not clinicians. They're not doctors. They're not yeah. psychologists. It's really not the business that we should be in in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. But again, we have to do it by default. Yeah. Yeah. So if we were going to stand, if we were going to do something locally, right. and we've talked a little bit in the past about uh, some type of, uh, you know, crisis response facility, team, what have you, what, what does that look like? So there are some areas, some other models across the Commonwealth where they have a crisis stabilization unit. That's, that's the phrase. And so I, I would love to see something regional mm-hmm. uh, and that would service Winchester and Frederick County and Clark, where officers and deputies can drop people off. They can get the critical care that they need. It may not end up in a TDO, so the officer doesn't have to stay there mm-hmm. with uh, with the patient, but rather they, there might be a, de- a day bed that they have available. There might be uh, the ability to medicate people or to give them medication and then discharge them from there uh, or to give them therapy that they need and counseling. So I like to see something like that where we can essentially stabilize somebody who may be in crisis when yeah. law enforcement is dealing with them, but after a little bit of a calming down, cooling off period, mm-hmm may not need to be TDO'd or transported halfway across the state. They yeah. could be dealt there at a more regional, local area where, you know, frankly, when they're discharged, they can go back to their home or back to their family. Yeah. Makes requires, sense. Requires money, though. Yeah. Money and money, time, people, and yeah. common sense. So, uh, so I know we're putting together our legislative agenda, uh, which, for those of you who don't know what that is, uh, you know, every year before... Uh, things go back into session in Richmond. Uh, the city puts together its list of priorities to inform our our legislature uh, what what we would like to see. So this is going to be one of our top priorities coming into this year. Uh, so if any of you uh, care about this particular topic, uh, want to get involved in some way, shape, or form, you know, pay attention to the. Uh, to the city website. Uh, We'll be talking about this at council. We've got a public safety committee meeting coming up on November 17th, I believe. Yep, November 17th here at City Hall starting at 5. We do it at 5. Well, some of them, some start at 6, some start at 5. I can't remember. So uh, that one's starting at 5 o'clock, November 17th here at City Hall. Chief's going to do a presentation to start talking to council about this issue. Uh, Feel free to, to show up you know, ask some questions. I think there's a public comment period at the beginning of all those meetings. So, uh, feel free to also, you know, call your state legislators. Um, if you feel like this is important to you. Okay. Moving on to slightly more, uh, well, much more, <laughs> not, not just slightly much more positive stuff. Uh, we've got an anniversary coming up. We do. Yep. So uh, not ours. Tw- well, our, mine, <laughs> you're, you're coming up on five <laughs> now that, yeah, September 1st will be five years. Uh, for me here. September year. 1st of next year. Of next year. Of okay. Next year. Still, right. still in year four. Got it. Yeah. But more importantly, uh, the Winchester Police Department's 200th anniversary is coming up in 2022. So we are... That's a big one. 
It is a big one. It's it's pretty remarkable. Um, 1822 was when the first record in council records of a police department, as far as we can determine, and that was was, was called uh, a town sergeant, and it was mm-hmm. one one officer who went out and patrolled the streets. Yeah. And it was Tim Humans, actually. <laughs> 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 We've obviously grown uh, since then, and and we're our authorized number is now seventy nine sworn officers here in the city. But we're very excited about it. We put together a little work group, mm-hmm. very and cool. one of the things that I'm particularly excited about is we we've developed an anniversary badge to commemorate the two hundredth anniversary. It looks similar to one of the older badges in the history of the department, and we'll be making those available for personal purchase. And I'm authorizing that for uniform wear for the entire year of 2022 yeah now every like just residents can't buy a police badge no no so don't <laughs> yeah that was confusing no. there for a minute yeah, yeah no. don't these are for officers they can <laughs> right. spend their own money correct on it or challenge coins right. uh no you cannot random residents cannot buy a badge <laughs> right. that's don't generally <laughs> frowned upon uh but they can uh we'll be giving out some of these challenge i'm gonna get a stack of the challenge coins give them there out for and special. a yearbook you can get a yearbook yeah, oh, that's yeah. the other thing we're working on mm-hmm. is uh, we, we're putting together a, a work a work group and they're compiling a bunch of old photos, looking mm-hmm. over at Hanley uh, archives and nice. and other places, other records that we have within the PD and hopefully putting together a real nice book that the men and women of the department can can purchase and nice. um, and have. So. so if you took your book in high school, see that skill, <laughs> I did. It, that, that skill comes back up yes. every so often. You never know when those, uh, awesome. those yearbook skills, scrapbooking, will, scrapbooking. there you go. <laughs> totally different. But they're very fun. You know, it, I joke, but you know, we never grow out of those kinds of uh, traditions, those kinds of things that make us feel connected to our, to our workplace. So right. we definitely spend more time with the people uh, that we see here every day than we spent with, you know, high school classmates. So uh, I think it's a very nice thing we're doing. Yeah. Before I left Fairfax, we did our 75th anniversary and I still have that book in my office. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely definitely something neat. Yeah. Mm. 1940 was when they were born. Okay. Well, so, and if someone's driving by the uh, PD headquarters, they're going to know it's a little construction out front. Yes. Uh, Tell us about that. So council approved a resolution a few months ago that is renaming the traffic circle in front of the Winchester Police Department to Officer Hunter A. Edwards Memorial Circle. Of course, Officer Edwards was killed in the line of duty on November 24th of 2018. We're coming up on that anniversary, sadly, as well. What we are putting together uh, with uh, Dan's support and council's support is uh, a really beautiful memorial that will have a a bronze plaque of Mm -hmm. Hunter's likeness and some language about his service to the city of Winchester and of course his ultimate sacrifice so we'll be scheduling that unveiling we'll be posting something on our social media pages and Facebook and inviting community members and of course elected officials and and others from the PD Mm -hmm. including Hunter's family to come out and unveil that hopefully very beautiful uh, memorial that we're going to have there absolutely all right anything else chief no all right I'm sure we'll have you back in probably uh, later in the summer. There'll be some some new law or thing to talk about. So. Most likely. Uh, people are always interested in the crime stuff. So, we'll yes. so uh, thanks very much yep. for coming in. Uh, and everybody remember November 17th, uh, Public Safety, Public Health and Safety Committee meeting. We'll be talking about this a little bit more. And uh, if you feel so moved, contact your state legislator. Thank you. Thanks, Chief. All right. Thanks for having me. So there goes Chief Piper. There he goes. <clears throat> so glad he came. Yeah. Good guy.
I say that about everybody after one of these you things. You sure do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a pattern. Yeah. But they're all good guys. It's a good pattern. Yeah. It's, they're all good. I wouldn't have them on if they weren't good. Mm. So if you haven't been on yet, uh-oh. <laughs> maybe you need to step it up. Uh-oh. Uh, no. So the, uh, the chief, uh, again, one more time, November 17th, if you're interested in learning more about that, um, uh, the mental health crisis issue with our temporary detention orders and emergency custody orders. Uh, show up in the 17th. That meeting's also recorded. Actually, that one's broadcast live. It so, is, yes. Uh, you, so you can uh, learn more even without coming down to City Hall. Now, if you do come down to City Hall for the committee meeting, uh, you will have a chance to meet our newest deputy chief, uh, chief uh, Deputy Chief Paul Cleveland, mm-hmm. who joins us from Fairfax. Yes. Yes, Fairfax. That's right. Uh, he's only been with us for a couple of weeks. Um, excited to have him. Excited to have, you know, folks with... Uh, new ideas, new perspectives. His experience, His yes. experience. He brings a lot of a great track record to the city. So uh, if you want to meet him, why don't you show up on uh, November 17th for a little committee meeting? Sounds good. All right, good. I, it wasn't necessarily for you. Okay. <laughs> I'm just looking at you saying it because you're the only other person in the room. Right. All right. Uh, Amy, give me some news. Okay. Uh, leaf collection season. Ooh, yeah. It has fun. begun as mm-hmm. of today. With the big vacuum trucks. Vacuum truck, or you could, you know, put it in big bags or in bundles, mm-hmm. and they'll pick it up on uh, whenever they get to your area. So they're starting in area two, and for those who don't know, area, they start in area two because that's where they expect the most leaves to fall, mm-hmm. and they have organized the entire city into seven different areas. So mm-hmm. they'll start with two and go all the way to seven, and then they'll start over with one. So I guess there's less trees in area one. Got it. So, we so there is reason and some logic behind this. Yes. If you're grumpy because, well, we're getting picked up last, well, it's because of the trees in your area. Yeah. So they'll um, they'll come by with the, with the um, vacuum truck, but um, they don't know when they're going to get to each area, so we can't say we're going to be in your area at this time. Yep. So we just encourage people to, to check the website, the Leaf Collection webpage on the Public Works website because they will post daily updates of where they are. Mm-hmm. And when they expect to go to the next area. Yep. And you can also, whenever they start park, they start posting no parking signs. Mm-hmm. That's when they're coming soon. So check the website. Yep. Pay attention. Winchester Parks and Recreation. They have brought back their little turkeys program. Little, I don't know what that is. Okay. For ages one and up, it's a little craft and activities program. I used to take my kids all the time. I love it. So usually, I don't know if it's different this year because of COVID, but mm-hmm. usually they set up tables all over the social hall and each table has a different craft. Hmm. So the kids can do it at their own pace. They can create and celebrate Thanksgiving with their families. And it's a do it your own pace on your own. We'll have staff there to help explain and mm-hmm. there'll be directions on each table. But um, it's just a fun time just to go craft and have somebody else clean up the mess. Cool. So that is on uh, November 18th and you must register by no- November 15th. And uh, there's another turkey related mm-hmm. event, actually two more. The turkey toss, I can't say this, turkey toss disc golf tournament. Disc golf turkey tournament. Turkey toss disc golf tournament. That's yeah. a tongue twister. Yeah. Turkey toss disc golf tournament. And that's going to be on the 20th. Cool. And the thankful for volleyball hat tournament is on the 21st. The what? Thankful for volleyball hat tournament. Thankful for volleyball hat tournament. Apparently they... I know all of those words, but I don't know in that <laughs> what order. What does that mean? <clears throat> so if you sign up, you sign up as an individual, mm-hmm. they throw your name in a hat, oh. and then they draw teams. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. That makes a lot more sense. Doesn't it? Okay, yeah. you don't have to wear a hat. Thank you for the explanation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that is on the 21st. The registration date for both of those is November 19th. 
let's see. They also have a lot of holiday programs going on, so check the website, check the activities guide. There are a lot of registration dates coming up for uh, Thanksgiving and, and the uh, Christmas holidays. Cool. And then November 11th is Veterans Day. We will pay tribute to those veterans, current and past, mm-hmm. by closing all of our offices, um, giving our employees a day off. Courts will be closed, wind trend routes will be canceled, and the Jim Barnett Park Rec Center will be closed. Sounds good. Yes. That's all I have. Alrighty. Well, I think we've covered everything we need to cover. Thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll see you tomorrow night at the city council meeting. If not, I uh, hope to see you around city hall. <laughs>